Whatever you want to do, whatever whatever makes you feel uncomfortable, that's what you need to do. Amen? Because the last thing Jesus wants you to be is comfortable. <laughs> My pants? Yeah, I did. I rubbed up against something, didn't I? Oh, I think I live. Oh. Ooh, y'all be glad to be in God's house this morning? I know I am. My goodness, I don't know what I'd do. I really don't. I mean, it's when back when I was living in the world, I'd get up sometimes and go to church. Church really is boring, boring, boring when you're hungover. Hey, come on, go. Don't don't think. I'm the only person. I, I actually believe I walked into church kind of still buzzing before the night before, you know, 20 something years ago. But it's just, you know, it's a lot more fun now because I'm coming to church to be with people that love Jesus as much as I do. That's why I'm here. And I'm not hungover. <laughs> Nobody thought that was funny. Anyway, we got a special guest today. Brother Billy Mill and his lovely wife, he's running for mayor. We're glad you came this morning so much, so much. We're glad to have you. Amen? Um, I was in uh, East Africa several years ago, and I was with um, one of my mentors, Dr. T.L. Osborne, and he made a comment to me that I didn't really understand. I thought it was really cool when he said it, and you think you have a revelation to that, you know, when somebody tells you something, you get it, and then boom, boy, oh, yeah, that's great. But it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger over time. But the comment he made to me was this. He said, he said, son, it's not a big deal that you believe in Jesus. It's a big deal that Jesus believes in you. He said, he trusts you. Therefore, he's going to send you all over the world. Just keep saying yes, son. Just keep saying yes. And so, with that being said, the the name of this message, y'all know I hardly ever name a message, but I named this one. It's called The Power of Yes. Just simple. The Power of Yes. How many of y'all remember when you said yes to Jesus? Were you in a church? Did you get saved in a church? I didn't either. I mean, most of you didn't because we're, we're from a different background. We're, we're kind of rough, you know. <laughs> a lot of us are. <laughs> you know. Um, but I remember, you know, people saying it, telling me, you know, they, they, they come and they get saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. And, and, and they say, you know what, that first step was so hard. That first step, but I don't remember any of the rest of them. You know, that first step. In other words, when you make that decision and you move forward, God's going to push you more forward, more forward, more forward. Right? If you're going to say yes, He's going to help you. But He can't do it if you say no. So the first yes we have to do is for salvation, yeah? The second yes is for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, correct? Yeah. But there's a series of yeses that are going to go on in your life. And the minute you don't say yes, 
making sure that wasn't me. Okay. <laughs> trying to make I'm just trying to make light of it. It's not a big it's not a big thing. Uh, but your life is going to consist of a series of yeses or noes. Okay? The minute you say no or you don't respond to what God wants you to respond to, that's the last time you're going to hear from him until you complete what he told you to do before. It's just the way that it works. Just the way that it works. He needs to trust that he can depend upon you to do what he needs you to do. And he uses a person that we call the Holy Spirit to get that done. The Holy Ghost, right? You see, the Holy Ghost knows the greatness that God put into you when He created you. And so He has divine insight on everything pertaining to you. He knows your assignment. He knows the plan. He knows the purpose. He knows how it's going to get done. And He's there to bring out the will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. He, he repeats himself. He says, if you ask me, it'll get done. If you ask me in my name, it'll get done. The thing is, is we have a lot of people that take this scripture and take it so literal that it's all about them and it doesn't work that way. If you're living a life all about you, you don't know who Jesus is. If you're living a life for others, He's going to guide your steps. People ask me all the time, what do you, know, what do, you do? And I don't oh, I'm a pastor and I also have a foreign mission program. We build churches. And, you know, I just tell them what we do. And uh, guy, a guy asked me, he said, he said, what makes you do that? I said, well, I came to the point where I wanted my life to mean something. Not, I don't want to live for me. And he said, that's the stupidest thing I ever heard. I was in an airport when I was talking to this guy, you know. I mean, you're boring and people talking to you in airports. And, and you tell them what, the world has no concept of that. They just don't. Well, well where do you get your money? donations because they don't understand sowing and reaping you can't say well people are sowing seed they'll, they'll think you're nuts you know so he's in donations you you built a hospital with donations yeah how many churches you got in construction right now 19 and donations are paying for that do you know what you could do with that kind of money for yourself I don't live for myself I don't do that. That's just not the way I live. That's not the way CCAM lives. That's not the way this house lives. This house lives for others. We're going to get ourselves right so that we can help others, not so we can be comfortable. That we can be... Are you with me? We live our life in a way that's pleasing unto God so that we can serve others, just like He did. He didn't use any authority, any power, any anointing for himself. He used it all for you. 
So how are we supposed to live? Like that guy. And he said out of his own mind, he said, you know, all the stuff that I did, all the, those things, that he, he said, you're going to be stronger than me. Is that, is that what he said? Go back to 12, 14, 12. John 14, 12. He who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these shall he do. Let me tell you what I did one time. I was a pastor of a, <laughs> a Baptist church, and 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 I, I I didn't know what I was doing, but I was the only one that didn't know it. You understand what I'm saying? Everybody else knew I didn't know what I was doing, but I thought they were all crazy. Been there? No. Don't don't raise your hand. So what I did is I brought this scripture out, you know, but of course you didn't have a board. You know, anything. You had, it was old school stuff, you know, and, and couldn't preach it with an iPad. Well, they didn't have them back then. Right? So it's old school. So I came up with a method of preaching that made people listen. Especially denominational people. I would get this scripture, and before I read it, I would say this. Anything Jesus can do, I can do better. You get in a religious church and you say something like that, they mad, but they listen. And then you take this scripture and show them what Jesus said about it, not what Paul said about it. Jesus said this. Not me. He has great expectations. He's expecting you to do more than he did. He's expecting you to heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils. He's expecting you to do that. He says that, hey, I'm going to go to the Father and I'm going to get you some more power. I'm just trying to make this a base. We'll get some more power. And I'm going to send it back. The things that I do, you'll do, you'll do everything that he does, I've done. I don't know how many hundreds of thousands of people I've seen come to uh, be converted since I got saved. Why? I said, yeah. The day that I got saved, after I got up off the floor and got my truck, I said, all right, Jesus, we're going to do this. We're going to do it all. I want everything that you've got. I want every challenge. I want every everything that that you want to get done, you show me what to do. I'll do it. I'll do it. And boy, that's a big yes. But that's the only way as Christians we can live our life is to say yes to Jesus every single day. Get up and do something that proves your faith in Jesus every single day. You may not think that it makes a big impression, but it does. People are watching you because you're the only Jesus that they see. You're the only Christian. You're the only one that carries His name. They're watching. They're watching. How are you going to handle that? When somebody in Walmart comes up and says, you know, I, I, I'm just not, I'm, I'm sick, I got this, or, you know, my diabetes, or whatever, you know, whatever the case may be, will you pray for me? Yeah. Yes. And you latch on to them at that moment, and you start praying the healing power of Jesus in Walmart, and people are watching. You are a peculiar people at that point. Amen? 
But when somebody else needs prayer, you know who they're going to call? That crazy guy that grabbed somebody in Walmart because he believes in what he's praying. Amen? i, I got to move on. Man, I hadn't... Oh, this is good. At least it is for me. What happened is we have our struggles and we fall into dangerous cycle of one issue after another until we are totally, listen to me, totally self-medicating on the Holy Ghost. Nobody's ever heard that term. Okay. We think the Holy Ghost is all about us. And to the Holy Ghost, it is all about us about His ability to get in us and through us to other people. But what happens is we we see Christians that struggle and struggle and struggle and struggle and struggle because what? They're always using the Holy Ghost. Oh God, I need, I need, I need, I need, I need, I want, I want, I want. I'm sick, I'm sick, I'm sick, I'm sick. I'm out. And, and we go and we, we see that the Holy Spirit is trying to minister to them so that they can reach others and they just think it's a self-medication thing the Holy Ghost is here to help me through life the Holy Ghost is here to, to bring power and authority and anointing and, 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 and it does all of that but it's not just for you we have, a, we have a whole world out there that thinks the Holy Spirit is here to just comfort Christians help you through your struggle that's not what the Holy Ghost is trying to do Holy Ghost trying to do everything Jesus did. Let me just ask you a question. Do you believe that the Holy Ghost doesn't want to do something in this room? How many of y'all believe that? Nobody? The Holy Ghost is always wanting to do something great, isn't He? He's always wanting to get inside you and cause you to do those greater works. What we're created for. Ephesians 2.10. What are we created for? Good works. And the Holy Ghost is always trying to get us to get us to that point. Why aren't we seeing a constant movement of the Holy Ghost in churches all across America? Why? Because of lack of participation. It's not the Holy Ghost's fault. It's ours. We're not allowing the Holy Spirit to get into us and in empowering us to meet somebody else's need. Holy Ghost is there to help you, yeah, but He's there to help you meet someone else's need, not just your own. So when other people come up in, in, in your life, you got to say, you know what, yes. I'll do it. Yes. Yes. Whew. We're not on this earth. We're not on this earth to be God's problem child. He's got enough of me. He's got me. I'm, I'm telling you. I'm on his mind constantly. And that's not a love thing. That's just a, what is he going to do next? Oh, my goodness. Philip Baker was preaching one time, and he, and he mentioned me, he told me about it. He mentioned me, he said, this guy. He said, if you've thought about it, he's done it. He does nothing religious. So if you want to know the most unreligious person I've ever met, you need to go meet Paul Gray. He loves Jesus with all his heart, but he cannot stand religion. And I don't. I mean, it's, anyway. <clears throat> but I'm a problem child from time to time. But we're put on us here to accomplish great work. God has an expectation of us living 
a life of accomplishing tasks for Him. Let's not think too much of ourselves. God put me here for a purpose. He's got a plan for my life. He's got a purpose. Amen. And, and I'm doing my best to jump into the middle of that thing and be right where God wants me to be because if I'm not, there's people that I'm supposed to reach that I don't. And I'm accountable for that. Because I'm not right with God. He's not leading me the direction I'm going. I'm not meeting the people I need to meet. I'm not seeing the people saved and delivered, healed, miraculously, because I never meet them because I'm out of the will of God. You see where I'm going? Are you see where I'm headed? A yes to Jesus means yes, I'm going to be right with you so you can use me for the benefit of the world and for others. God sent His Son to the world. He also sent you. And He empowered you just as He empowered Jesus. And Jesus said, I'm believing in you. i got great expectations. The stuff I did, you're going to do even more. You're going to do even more. Are you listening? Are you listening? Come on now. Let's get going. I got a... I got my glasses today, so I'm like, and God said, I'm looking at my notes, wait. No, I'm good. I, I don't want, I don't, I'm not blind. <laughs> oh. God's always looking for people who are called by His name to act like it. That's a huge statement. I'm not talking about anybody in here in particular, but I'm just saying. I'll tell you something else. God requires a lot. He asks a lot of people that are called by His name. But He doesn't require, He doesn't ask any help for those who don't. If he's not asking you for your help, if he's not asking you to let him flow through you as a vessel to the world, I'm just going to leave that. I'm just going to leave that. The Holy, the Holy Spirit always brings clarity, never chaos. I've heard, I've heard that so many times. You know that, that God's not the author of confusion. <laughs> I've heard it so many times. God's not the author of confusion. I'm not confused. You are. I know exactly what I'm doing. You know that old Holy Ghost baptism thing, you know, that's just chaos. No, that's the order of things. That is the order of things. That's the way that it works. If you um, let me tell you what, if I didn't have the Holy Ghost constantly convicting me, I'd probably be in jail. I wouldn't be in a pulpit. I definitely would would have. Let me tell you what. The power of yes is this. I said yes to Jesus. My wife prayed for me for fifteen years or so. I don't know the exact amount, but it's a long time. Stuck with it. And, and 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 I got saved and it was just wonderful. Wonderful. That was my first yes and I've never said no sin. Well, yeah, I did it one time when God 
buying groceries. Well, but I did it anyway. I just argued with him a little bit. That's why. That's why it so, stays in my mind all the time because I argued with God over trying to bless uh, him, trying to bless somebody, and me being stupid. And y'all know the story. I've told it a million times, you know. But hey, this week I got to buy somebody's groceries. Hey, Amen. I bought his years ago, and it still bothers me. But God told me to do it, and I'm just—I just can't let go, you know. Just can't let go. God's always going to make you do something that makes you uncomfortable. That's how you know it's Him. If you're doing something that's comfortable, it's probably you, right? So when God asks you to do something and you don't want to do it, that's the exact time you need to say yes. That's when a good, solid yes makes a difference. My pastor, uh, Dr. Carmen, told me this. He said, Paul, your yeses have to be yes and your noes have to be no. Strong noes and strong yeses. He was right. About all of it, you know. Your yes has to be a strong yes. Your yes has to be more than what's coming out of your mouth. It has to come out of your heart and it has to come out in your actions in your physical body. The only thing God does not have is your skin. And that's what He's trying to use. And all He needs from your lips is a yes, I'll do it. Got great expectations on you. Amen. Woo! He's looking for a yes. Look through your Bible at all the yeses. The most difficult yes in Moses' life, he was standing on holy ground looking at a burning bush talking to it. He said yes to the bush, right? No, he said yes to God. That was just... But look at all the yeses that followed that. That first one was tough. He said, I stutter. I can't, I can't do it. I'm exiled. I mean, everything was against him. That's the that is the one place on planet Earth where he was not safe. And God said, "That's exactly where I'm sending you." Everybody tells me all the time when I'm leaving, "Be safe," and I tell them the same thing every time. If you put "safe" in the Bible, you got four, maybe five pages. That's it. There's no safety in Christianity. You're supposed to be on the front lines, correct? We're the front line soldiers. Are we going to get hurt? Yeah, Paul said the fight was good. And look at all the things he listed that happened to him. Mm. Okay, okay, I'm sorry. Okay. Let's look. Moses went from... Moses went from arguing with God about his own power... But when he finally said yes, God showed him the real power, right? He went from going, yes, to him walking up to the Red Sea and said, all right, God, what are we going to do? What did God say? Hey, Moses, the rod's in your hand now. You do it. From one yes to that time, he parted the Red Sea. God honored his word. God trusted what Moses did in that situation, and he followed through on it. It's not a big deal that you believe in God. Big deal when he believes in you. When he said, "All right, I want you to take two million people and get them out of 
Look at that. Look what he asked him to do. It was impossible, but he still said yes. And the next yes got easier, and the next yes got easier, and the next yes got easier, till God just said, hey, Moses, staff's in your hand, buddy. Part the sea. Strike the rock. Yes. Yes brings clarity. Yes brings peace. Yes brings power. Yes brings authority. Yes brings miracle. And yes brings something more powerful than any of that stuff. Faithfulness. If you say yes to God and you honor your word to Him and you do what you say yes to do, faithfulness will take you through the rest of your life. Just be faithful. Be faithful. To whatever he says to do. Just be faithful. People, people don't understand that faith full. What's the root, root word of the foot? Faith. If there's no faith in what you're doing, there's no faithfulness in what happens. It's got to be. It's got to be. I want to look at a couple of guys here. Said you. <laughs> Said yes. Let me see. Go to first first Samuel, the one first Samuel. This is Samuel was a boy, and he was sent to the priest Eli and by his mother Hannah, and so he heard a voice. So he went and woke up Eli. And he looked up, he said, Yeah, what do you need? Said, what are you talking about? He said, I, I didn't say anything. Go back to sleep, son. Happened two more times. When it happened the third time, Eli said, That God. You don't need to answer to me. You need to answer when He speaks to you again. And he went back to bed. He went to sleep. And God, well, we know Samuel, one of the greatest prophets in the Bible. Why? Because he said yes when he was a kid and he stepped into the greatness that God had for him you can never do that without being a, having a hard yes Lord hard one uh, go back to the first one uh, three No, never mind, never mind, never mind. What did he say? Here am I. And the Lord, and he answered, And Samuel is the man. Y'all know the story, right? Anointed. He said into office two kings. Anyway, let's go. Before. See, this is, I, always, I always like to go through the Old Testament and then go to the New Testament because it's, it's the same book. They're two, not two separate books. They're the same book. All right, this is uh, Peter and Andrew. And Jesus said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. There's no response there, but it says they followed. In other words, they said yes to Jesus. They said yeah. And look at it. Look at them today. 
Immediately they left their nets and followed. Immediately. 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 There's a sense of urgency, especially in today's time. There's a sense of urgency. Immediately we need to say yes, and immediately we need to act upon what God says. This is a time when the world needs us worse than they've needed us in a long, long time. They needed us during COVID, and we folded like a cheap suit. The church should have been standing strong and bringing healing, but we ran and we hid. As a, as a church nationwide, let's just say, I know we didn't shut the door, but, but that's what happened. And now you see in churches shut down, or, or larger churches taking smaller churches because they just don't have enough to get going because they told everybody it was okay to watch church and then call it church. That's not a yes. That's a compromise. We're going to have service, but we're going to put it on your phone. And now we've got a pile of people that believe that that's having church. Forsake not the assembly of yourselves together. That's for people that, that like Miss Leanne, who had surgery. That's what that's for. And we used that as a crutch to get us through because we were scared. And I'm not saying me, but I'm saying the church as a whole. That's what happened. That's what happened. And now they're having a hard time getting everybody back. Because it wasn't a priority, priority to them when they needed it the most. I'm sorry. No, I'm not. But anyway. In Matthew 19 and Mark 10, we read a story about a guy. And it's the story of the rich young ruler. Guy had a lot of money and he wanted to be a disciple. And so Jesus said, Yeah. Sell all your goods and follow me. That was he was going to be number 13 disciple, wasn't he? But Jesus knew he couldn't. So he put, pushed his button and, and went right to the issue that he had. He said, Okay, if you can do this, you're a disciple. What did the guy do? He left. Let me ask you, does anybody here know his name? Anybody? He's got a name. It's just not mentioned in the Bible because he didn't say yes. The Bible is full of people that said yes. And there's examples of people that say no and they're never mentioned again. Why? Because they're not in the arena of life. They're not fighting the good fight. They're not getting things done. They're not saying yes to Jesus so they're disqualified from the fight. Are you listening to me? How, how would you want to be disqualified? You can be disqualified for lack of participation. Amen? People ask me. People ask me all the time, why do you do what you do? Because that's what God told me to do. You talk to God? Don't you? I mean, I'm the best at deflecting I've ever seen. I just ask them, to, you know, somebody, you know, uh, I've been waiting. I got here 30 minutes early. Congratulations! I'm right on time. Nobody told me to be here 30 minutes early. I mean, just I just like to. De I, I'm good at deflecting, I guess. Why is it so hard to say yes? Here we go. You want me to tell you why it's so hard for Christians to say yes? Because the first thing they teach their child is the word no. We are programmed to say no by our parents. Children know, know 
the word no before they know before they can say mama or daddy or even no speech at all but they know no 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 tap their hand no 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 and then what 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 does that breed when they become toddlers instead of infants mine mine we're programmed to think of self more than anything else it's mine no we've got to share and that's a good thing teach them to share I'm not saying it's bad but we're programmed and so that's in our mind a yes is not easy a no is very very easy it requires nothing but a yes requires something. Are we, am I preaching better than y'all are hearing or what? I think I am. I don't have to. There I go back to, I don't know what I'm doing and I'm the only one that doesn't know it. <laughs> In 2005, Ginger and I said yes to building a world outreach center. Since that time, I've been in, gosh, over 40 nations around the world doing crusades, pastors' conferences, leadership conferences, everything. This church was birthed out of that. We never set out to build a church. We set out to build a world outreach center and people that were like-minded about that. Was it, you know, that's who would join up with us, and that's how the church became the church, simply from outreach. If you're not if you're not full bore outreach, you're not full bore Christian. Just I don't I don't know any other way to say it. It just doesn't work that way. Joe LeBlanc came to me. We said yes to a food pantry. Of course, he died not too very long after that, and Jessica took it. And and you know I run it <laughs> let me tell you what I could run it in the ground in about three weeks <laughs> I have no idea what I'm doing but I know I got the right person I know I got the right person doing it though <laughs> you know I started Generation House I run it. I'd run that in the ground too. When we got finished with the renovations, I said, I walked through and we looked at everything and I said, that's great. I'll never step foot in this place again. Why? It's not my call. I just said yes to do it and God's got the right person to run it. Joe had the right idea, but it was never... The food bank was never what it is today. But we just say yes. Said yes to building 16 churches in Okabonga Delta this year. Said yes to doing all these things. Why? Because that's what we're required to do. There's a power in yes. There's prosperity in it. There's healing in it. There's a... First yes is the hardest yes, amen? Right. 
Here we go, James 4, 17. This is one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. This is how I try my best to live my life according to this scripture. Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not, to him it's sin. And I think it's the Passion Translation. It says, if you see in injustice and do nothing, it's sin unto you. Uh, we do a lot of stuff here. A lot of people don't know all the stuff that we have going on, but we, we have a lot of different things going on. But um, one of the things we have is called the Summer Feeding Program. I don't know if you realized it or not. I didn't until I was educated on it by our, our food experts. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of kids in Menden, Louisiana, that during the summer, they come here to eat because it's the only food they get. When they go to school, they get lunch, and they eat breakfast at school, and that's all they get when they go home. That's happening in Menden, Louisiana today. And so, Jessica started a summer feeding program. So I called her yesterday, and I said, Jessica, did God tell you to do that summer feeding program? She said, uh, no, it just was the right thing to do. When you have a history of saying yes to God, sometimes He just shows you something and sees what you're going to do with it before He tells you what to do. He just shows you. Let me tell you what, if you're anointed to see the problem, you're anointed to fix the problem. Now, Katie's taken that thing and done wonders with it. It's so, it's, it's so amazing that every time we go to somebody new, it, they, they just do better and better and better. Jessica's done so much more than, than, than Joe LeBlanc could have ever done in this thing. And Katie's done so much better than anybody else in that summer feeding program. That's, that, that's what they do. How many kids y'all feed this year? I can't remember. How many meals? Over 5,000 meals this summer? Feeding poor folks' kids. Anyway, it's, um, so Jessica has a heart for Mendon, right? Would you say that's true, Jessica? Yeah. If you don't, just get on Facebook. My word. <laughs> um, she's not originally from here. And she's kept from Treeport by way of Dorlene. But she moved into Mendon. That is the most recognizable. She is more recognizable than any pastor in this city. More people know who she is than know who the part, part, Leland Boyd is. First Baptist Minister. I'm just telling you. Why? Because she's doing the work. She's up there every day feeding people. She said yes, and she's been faithful over that yes for, gosh, how many years? a long time but it doesn't stop there it doesn't stop there her husband is the prophet of this house her children serve in the food pantry you see a yes is contagious to the people around you it's not just about you it's, just, it's not just about the one person you're trying to reach it affects so much so many more her children have seen her their, their mother and their father serving faithfully for Jesus, and they'll do it the rest of their lives too. 
Your yes means more than just you. Four generations, amen? Is that right? Four generations. Last thing, Acts 9. Acts 9. Saul of Tarsus, who became the Apostle Paul, we all know that. We're not remedial Christians. I hope not. Oh. He just incited a riot where stone was, uh, Stephen was stoned in Jerusalem. And then he went to the Sanhedrin Council... And, wanted, and got permission to go try to find who fled from Jerusalem and bring them back and imprison them. That was his job. And this right, right after this happened, he's on the road to Damascus, and a bright light shines down and blinds him. And what does he say? Lord, what's your name? He knew he was the Lord. He just didn't he wanted to make sure who he was. He said, I'm Jesus of Nazareth. There was a conversion experience. But it didn't happen right there. He met Jesus. He didn't submit to Jesus. Woo! Y'all didn't get that. He met Jesus. He didn't submit to Jesus at that point. There's a lot of people in that situation thinking they're living a good Christian life and they just met Him. They're not serving Him. They're not communicating with Him. They're not doing the things that they need to do so that He can get the greatness out of them. So anyway, he told him, he said, I want you to go down to Straight Street. And I want you to stay there and pray and fast. That's what he did. Three days he prayed and fasted. Then God called a man named Ananias. He said, hey, go down to Straight Street. There's a guy named Saul of Tarsus down there. And he went, whoa! That's not what he said, but that's how, that was his reaction internally. You know, whoa, that guy is sent here to kill us and jail us and whatever we have to. I'm not going down there, you know. He was like I was with the guy in the grocery line. Mm -mm. And here's what happened next. The Lord said to Ananias, He said, Go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. That's his assignment. That's what he's chosen to do. For I will show him many things he must prosper. For I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. In other words, God told him, Saul, there's a lot for you to do, and it ain't going to be easy. You're going to get hurt. You're going to get beat up. You're going to get stoned. You're going to get this. You're going to get that. God showed him everything that would happen, that everything that he would suffer. He said, you're going to be in a fight, and it's going to last the rest of your life, and you're going to get hurt. Christians today do not believe that. They think we get right in the middle of God's will, and He's protecting us, and, and we can just live our life and go on, and, and, and that's the way it works. That's not the way it works. The Holy Ghost comes for works. What Jesus sent you here to do. Not for your comfort to sit back and say, Oh, praise Jesus. Thank you, Lord. It's real. 
It's not a vocabulary. It's real. When we say yes to it, it changes everything. I want you here today to make a hard yes. Amen? A hard yes. For joy. Yeah, come on up here, John. Let me tell you, the very first yes you may need is the toughest yes you'll ever make, but it's the best yes you'll ever say. Amen? Stand on your feet. We're going to do something real quick. I don't mind about 